Thank you, Friendship Church. I want to thank you for being one church, even in two campuses. And I saw that in a special way this week, and I, I just wanted to thank you. And so what I saw is uh, Paul Madison, who is our head elder, and Kevin Ray, who is our facilities director, uh, they put together some projects over at Shakopee, and I want you to know that that place is being freshened up, and it's looking great, and it's, it's amazing. And many of you were a part of that, so you've, you've taken some time over the last couple of weeks to come over and help, and, and uh, the last two Saturdays especially, I've seen people from both campuses praying together and, and laughing and joking and having a great time and painting walls and sometimes each other. And it's, it's been just a lot of fun uh, to see and to be a part of. So thank you for that. Thanks for engaging and just really clarifying and communicating. We really are one church. And that's a, that's a big point. Someone asked me recently how I'm doing uh, on staff, what, what it's like being a pastor at Friendship. And, and I said, you know, uh, friendship is great, but these are weird days. Like, these are really weird days. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I've only really seen about half of the congregation. And out of that half, three quarters I've only seen this much of. And I'm not suggesting take your masks off. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying these are weird times. Uh, and uh, it's odd uh, how these times have affected us and, and maybe in a way even infected us. And so what I wanted to do is take just a moment and talk to those who are watching online and just say thank you. Thanks for engaging. And, you know, you're watching online and, and um, serving in a variety of ways and giving in a variety of ways, and it's making a difference. Uh, I want you to also know that as a pastor, I look forward to getting to meet you. And uh, I want to welcome you back whenever you're ready. I'm not suggesting that you come back before you're ready, but I am saying that we're doing a lot on our end to try to make it safe and comfortable and an opportunity for you to worship uh, in a place. And as one of the pastors on staff, I look forward to meeting you. So when you do come back, come back and say, hey, Kenny, I've been away, but I'm, I'm here, I'm present. I just wanted to uh, introduce myself to you. That would mean a lot to me, and I look forward to it. And one of the ways or one of the times that you may want to consider um, inviting somebody and joining is going to be at the Christmas Eve services. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a little bit, but let's pray now. Almighty God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that it is only because you are God that we can have two campuses and be one church. It's only because you are God that we can have uh, many churches throughout the world and be one body. And that, Lord, you amaze me. And I am so thankful for what you're doing in us and through us and maybe even at times in spite of us. That you're, you're big, and you're glorious, and you're beautiful, and you shine, and we want to see you in fresh ways, even here today, for your glory. And it's in Jesus Christ's precious and holy, holy, holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. And we could have just stopped at Jesus is the reason, but I think we say Jesus is the reason for the season because it rhymes. And, um, the, you know, that's nice. But Jesus is the reason. And throughout the narratives that we see in the Gospels, uh, we see the sliver of Jesus, uh, a baby in a manger. 
And what we're doing in this series is stepping back and we're listening to someone who perhaps knew Jesus the best. This week we, we started, um, uh, we started un, unleashing <laughs> uh, some podcasts. And what, on the podcast that we had uh, most recently, I was talking to Pastor Matt and, uh, and Joel, but Matt said, you know, Jesus, when he meets or when John meets Jesus in Revelation, he doesn't go, hey, buddy, good to see you. Like he falls on his face. And we're reminded of, of not, not just the, the humanity that the other gospels really give us, but we're also reminded of the deity of who Jesus is, the beauty and the splendor and the power and the majesty and the wonder of who Jesus is. And John gives us kind of a, a fresh take of that during this year. So he is the reason. Today we're going to take some time. I'm, I'm going to review real quick what uh, Pastor Matt went through last week. We're, we're going to talk about Jesus being the word and what that means with respect to life and light. We're going to look at uh, John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1 and do some comparing and contrasting. And we're going to talk about what our response is to the word today. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're engaged because we're going to have some fun. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Like I said, we're going to be in John chapter 1 and we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. And you may not have brought your Bibles. That's okay. You can use your phone. But this is my step of faith. And that is that you're looking at the scriptures we're talking about and not like posting things, you know, or whatever. So uh, that's my step of faith. I'm trusting you. Uh, but beyond that, it's between you and God, and, and he'll deal with you. So uh, just kidding. So Pastor Matt talked about who is Jesus last week, and he identified these four things. Jesus is before creation, right? He's not a created being. He's before creation. Jesus is God. Jesus is with God, and that helps us to understand the Trinity. Uh, and then also, Jesus made all things. He was present and, was, uh, uh, he was present and made all things. This week, we're going to look specifically at Jesus as the Word and what that means. Jesus as the Word implies that Jesus has life and also that Jesus is the light of humankind. So that's where we're going today. I hope you're ready to jump in. We're in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 is where we're going to start. We're going to walk through that together, then jump back to Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 5, and look at that. What you're going to notice, though, when, when we begin to read, is that it sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 1 right from the very beginning. And John does that on purpose. It's a Hebrew practice called remez. Remez means hint. And so John is going to give us a hint about some things. To kind of get, get more of an understanding, we're going to have to go back to Genesis and see what he's hinting about. So we'll go back to Genesis and look at that uh, and then flesh it out as we go. So here we go. Gen John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 5. If you have a pen and a highlighter, I want to encourage you to get those out because I'll ask you to underline some things in your Bible. You might want to underline or highlight. We encourage that. What we don't encourage is marking things out. You can't mark things out of the Bible. That's really bad. But you can underline and highlight, and we do encourage that. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, this is what it says. In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life. If you have your pen or highlighter, underline, highlight that, life. The life was the light of men. Underline the word light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So there are a lot of terms that John is using that he wants your brain to fix in on. Now, uh, we're not trained this way, but in John's day, the people that he would have been speaking to would have been. So it wasn't uncommon for children in those days to memorize the entire Old Testament. I mean, to the point that they could say, "Mm, how many times does the word raven show up? in the Torah, and they would say, oh, this many times, and here's the verse before, and here's the verse after. Anybody else done that? Yeah, me neither. That's amazing. But that's the culture that he's coming from, and it's important for us to understand that because he's doing some, uh, some he's giving us some obvious hints, okay? So Genesis chapter one. Let's read through this. In the beginning, wow, that sounds just like John, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. Some of your Bibles might say formless. I'd like you to underline that term, without form. And void, underline that. And darkness, underline that, was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. It's an interesting passage that we could really dive into. Uh, We're not going to get in the weeds on this, but I I do want to highlight a few things. The few things that we're going to highlight are those three terms, formless, void, and darkness. Isn't it interesting that these things come up and God's answer is not three different things like, okay, so let's address formlessness. Here's how we're going to do that. Here's how we're going to address the void. Here's how we're going to address the darkness. But rather, he gives one answer. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. That's an interesting point. So there must be something more there. In fact, the rabbis wrestled with that for centuries. And as they were wrestling with it, they, they, they went a lot of different directions. But one of the places that they landed was to say, this is, this is a historical fact, absolutely happened. Also, these are things that, that are true throughout history in the word of God, but also in our lives that God is trying to point us to himself with. So this formless void and darkness, now they also add a deep to it, but for time we're going to stick with these three. These three things uh, are a part of our world and have to be addressed, and light is the answer. So what does that look like? So that's how they landed it. So let's talk about those issues. Formless, void, and darkness. So It's a bizarre thing as we look at it in Genesis chapter 1 that there is this formlessness. The earth was without form, but yet God is hovering over the waters. Like, how does that work? What does that look like? Well, there are some things that we need to understand about the term formless. So formless means a variety of things in Hebrew. So the word that's being used in Hebrew means a variety of things. Let me give you some examples. 
It means vanity. So it means vanity. So think about that idea of formless. How could that be vanity? Here's the connection. There's no boundary. When you're vain and it's all about you, <laughs> there's no boundary. It's like uh, even, even God is less than me. The world is centered on me. That's vain. There's no boundary. It's formless. Confusion is another term that's used in terms of uh, translating this word. It's like this cloudiness. There's, there's not clarity, right? Formless. And then another idea, and this is also translated uh, at another place in the Old Testament, solitary place. So formless. It's like this place of loneliness is the idea. Okay, so that's formless. We'll talk about in just a moment how light addresses that. The word void is the word that means empty, like it's this vacuum that just pulls. You can't fill it. it can't be filled. It's empty. And then darkness has the idea of obscurity or a secret place. Now, in general terms, it's also separation from God. So when we read the word darkness, it can mean it's dark outside, but it could also mean a separation from God. It's implied in the, in the idea. It happens in many places. So to answer this, God gives one answer. His response is just one answer. Let there be light. And that term light answers those three problems in a way that we, that we can very easily miss. So let's look at that briefly before we, we jump and into fleshing out these terms in John. So here we go. Formless. How does light address that? Well, now we can see clear we can see clearly like this confusion the haze has dissipated we can see clearly now in terms of being vain we see who we are in relationship with God and we recognize <laughs> we're maybe not the first round draft pick we thought we were in terms of solitary place light shines and we recognize we're not alone we're not alone. That happened with Elijah. Remember that? Ah, I'm all alone. I'm going to die. I know there's nobody else. I'd say, yeah, actually, there are a lot of people. <laughs> Let me show you. And oh, by the way, I'm with you. And so we see that. That's a way that light answers this. How does light fill void? Well, someone once said that each of us have this God-shaped hole. And we try to fill it with things. We try to fill it with security or significance uh, we try to fill it with satisfaction, but it just, it just can't be filled. It's a void. It's a vacuum that sucks all that in but doesn't, doesn't fatten it up for us, doesn't fill in the gaps. But light does. Light somehow has that ability to fill that void and darkness. I think oftentimes um, darkness, I, I really like the, the definition of obscurity. Uh, obscurity. Obscurity happens most often when we don't realize our purpose. Why am I here? What am I doing? Uh, I'm just obscure. I have no purpose in this. And light gives us definition. Life gives us purpose. This light gives us purpose in a way that darkness never answers or responds to. Darkness, like I said, also means secret place. And we recognize that in this secret place, God meets us. 
I like the Psalms that say, even my darkness is light to you, O God. Like God meets us in those ways. You, you're, you're, not so, you're not so dark that God can't see it, that God can't meet you there, and that's the response to darkness. I'm present. I'm here. So let's continue to flesh that out. Let's look at God's answer. So in Genesis chapter 1, the way that God answers is he speaks his word. Let there be light. Jesus shows up, and he is the word. And we see from John that it goes from uh, Jesus being his word to Jesus being, uh, giving life, and that Jesus gives light. So let's talk that through a little bit. The implications of this life that Jesus is, is that it's the opposite of destruction, it's the opposite of condemnation, it's the opposite of death. Right? Remember, when Jesus is giving Satan's job description, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So this life that Jesus offers, that Jesus brings, is the opposite of what Satan brings. Kill, steal, and destroy. It's an, it's an important piece of understanding the life that, that Jesus is bringing. Uh, any parents here? Any parents? Okay. For those of you online, I see your hands too. I don't really. I just told them that. Um, but here's what I know about being a parent. I have seven children. I uh, love being a dad. I also recognize that I've blown it, and there's a lot of shame, and sometimes my kids will make a decision that I'm like, ah. Oh, did I not teach them? Did I not tell them? Did I not help them? Did I not, what, like, I carry sometimes this incredible guilt as being, am I the only one that does that? Uh, the rest of you, you probably should. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's a joke. I don't mean that. But we do have that sometimes with us, that we carry that, like, condemnation. In Christ, we know that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that that condemnation that comes just with living life day to day, by day by day, by day by day, uh, that, that's not of God. And this life that Jesus has, that he brings with us, pulls that condemnation out, takes it away. The death, the sting of death, it's not there. So, and I'm going to flesh that out a little bit more in a moment. The other piece of this life that is important that we have to understand is from God. In fact, God is the generator of that light, life. That life comes from him as if he's the spring that we drink from and what we're drinking is life. That's where life comes from. In fact, if God is not the originator of that, then we have to argue, is that really life that you're drinking? It's probably not. This life is not just from God. This life is also eternal. And oftentimes when we think of that eternal life, our brains think like, okay, well, when I die, then I get this, this eternal life. That's not how it works. It starts right now. We experience this life now in, in present tense. Now. It's happening. I think to the point that when we, when we graduate into the next world, when we're born into the next world, however you want to look at that, like, it's going to be a natural step. I don't think that this is a scary thing of like, oh, what happens? It's, oh, yeah, I'm home. This is what God intended. This is beautiful. I am ready for this life. Like, this is the next step of the eternal life that was given to me. There, I'm experiencing here. 
So Jesus is not just the life. It also says that he is the light. That, uh, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. So let's talk about the implications of this light. This light chases away chaos. I, maybe COVID has lessened some of the chaos because we don't have all of the extra things that we generally do. But uh, again, this is a tough time of year in general. As I said earlier, I'm a dad with seven kids. Four of those kids have December birthdays. I know, great planning. Uh, I wish, I wish that I would have told them all we we're just going to celebrate all of their birthdays on December 25th. That would have been smart and, and probably cheaper. But um, it is really difficult. Like, all of those kids love parties. You know, like, hey, you know what we should do on my birthday? Celebrate me uh, with lots of things and stuff. And they're, they're great kids, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giving them a hard time, but only because it's fun. And they... But what that means is there is planning and there is a lot going on. And so there's a lot going on in my family and then there's a lot going on in the church and there's a lot going on in my community. And then my neighbors have incredible lights over at their place and my wife goes, Kenny, shouldn't we have some lights like that? I mean, we look like, you know, the, we look like a mess. The Beverly Hillbillies over here, can we do something? And, and there's all this chaos and and stress during this time. And it's like this light of Jesus comes and shines in and says, like, this is what's important, and it's me. And are we focused in on me during this time? Hmm. This light chases away chaos. This light is also revealing. So um, there are things that this light helps us to discover. Like maybe we've been living in this formless void darkness for a long time. Um, I, I asked the last, uh, the last service to pray for me, and I'll ask you too, and sincerely. Um, please pray for me. I have some friends that are praying specifically for me about revival. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I want revival in my heart. I, I want that to be um, who I am and how I live, and, and, and I'm, I'm being very vulnerable with you in this, in, in this place because I also recognize that that there is a contagiousness of spiritual leaders. And so if I'm, if I'm dull, if my relationship with God is not growing, if there isn't this revival, uh, other people can kind of catch that and become comfortable too. And I don't, as a pastor, I don't want that because ultimately I know I stand before God and God's going to say, like, what happened, Kenny? So uh, please be in prayer for that. And I'll tell you that as that prayer has been prayed, that God has been meeting me in some new ways and it's been fresh. And so there's this like exciting part that this light has revealed. And there's also some darkness that God has revealed in that. And it's not as fun. And what I know about revealing light is that light initially hurts your eyes if you've been in darkness. And you kind of want to run away from it. You kind of flinch at it. Um, but this light is given so that we can have life. And so we have to embrace it. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. And so please uh, join me as, as uh, pray for just personal revival. Because this light is also guiding. It directs us. We're reminded of God's word is a light into our path. That we have a way to walk. And in these dark days, that's especially important. So we come to this 
spot, uh, we have to ask, what's our responsibility? So we're reading John, and we're going, yes, that's who Jesus is. Yes, thank you that he's addressing these things. Praise God that he is life, and he's light, and he is the word of God manifest. That is so awesome. Now, what's my responsibility? Um, And that's where we have to land our time together. What is our responsibility? What are we supposed to do with this? Jesus identified himself as the light of the world and then turned around and talked to his followers and said, you are the light of the world. Like, you take this mantle now. What does that mean? Well, in part, and I'm kind of summing up a lot of things, it's this, that we are the stewards of God's reputation. Think about that for a moment. We're stewards of God's reputation. And in these dark times, we get to be the light in the darkness. It's not to say that we're replacing God. That's not at all what we're, we are stewarding the reputation of God and letting people see this God who came in the flesh, this God who loved him so much that he was willing to go to the cross, this God who loved them so much he was willing to go to the cross, raised from the grave and gives life to anybody who would call on him. That's a great God. And that's available to me. It's available to you. It's available to our neighbors. And they need to hear it. And so do we. So what will we do? What will we do? Um, one request I have is, is that you would prayerfully consider this. The Christmas Eve service is coming. Uh, here it'll be at 2.30 and 4, and over at Shakopee it'll be at 4 and 9.30. I want to encourage you to live this life out daily, right? Like, so, but corporately, what can we do? Would you consider inviting a friend, inviting a family member, and coming uh, to the Christmas Eve service? And here's, here's my promise. Matt and I, we've been talking. We're going to do everything we can to make Jesus big. Like We really want to proclaim Jesus. We really want to give the gospel. We really want people to hear the gospel. We really want to pepper our time with that gospel message that, yeah, we're sinners, but you know what? Jesus came to die for sinners, sinners like me and sinners like us. And that's what he does. We're going to make, it, we're going to make him big. And I hope you're willing to engage. And for those of you that are online and maybe you're in this place of saying, hmm, is it time for me to come back? Should I, should I be in service? If you feel comfortable, if you feel freedom to do it, I want to strongly encourage you to come to one of our Christmas Eve services and bring a fa- friend, bring, bring a family member. Um, it's, it's a big deal. So these are the things that we see about Jesus. And these are our responses to him to be the light. As we're the light, what we end up doing is sharing life because we're sharing the word of God. The worship team's going to come, and as, as they're coming, I just want to give you a quiet moment before God, just right before God, where you are, to pause and to ask some of those hard questions. Am I letting Jesus be God in my life? Is he the light that is shining in my darkness? Is there formlessness? Is there void? Is there darkness in my world that I haven't let Jesus shine in? And then, how does Jesus want to give you life in that place? So take a quiet moment to do that because in just a moment, uh, we're going to be unleashed for some, for some worship. I'm excited for this, Joel.